So if you haven't been with us in a while, or if this is your first time here, we've been preaching through the Gospel of John this whole spring. And we do a chapter a week, and this week we're in chapter 17. So there's 16 other weeks you can catch up on online if you want. Today I titled the message, Glory and Knowing. And I want you to pay attention, because what we're going to do is I'm going to read through this. And like I said, this is a short message, because it's pretty... um, These last chapters of 13 through 17 is Jesus sitting with his disciples and giving them the business about, you know, here's how it is, guys, because I'm about to go, so I need you to know a few things. So what a good window into like, hey, what does God think is important? Well, here you go. We've got some good lists. And the depth of these things is is immense, you know, and like I've said, to you know, ponder them from week to week, get our daily emails where Kevin's sending these segments and you can go through them in more detail. But this one, really, he just starts giving them stuff. And you can just understand it. So we could just read it and be done. But I'm going to make a couple comments as we go. But I want you to pay attention to these two words, glory and knowing. Glory and knowing, because they keep popping up during this whole whole chapter. But this chapter, again, the last couple we've had this, it's like one kind of event, and then there's just kind of chapter breaks in there, almost like slices of cake, you know. (laughs) And they come like... And and after all of this, Jesus said and did that. And you're like, well, after all of what? Like, so you have to almost go back to last the last verse of the last chapter that Kevin spoke on last week, John sixteen thirty three. Jesus was like, I've told you these things, and he was telling them some tough stuff. Like, people are gonna hate you because you follow me. So he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Not be upset all the time. Have peace because. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world, okay? And the thing I want to note about that, because that's like the setup for where we're going here, is he doesn't say you won't have trouble, which is what a lot of us, I think, think. He's like, well, if I follow God, I won't have trouble. And he's like, no, you will have trouble. He doesn't say you might, and he doesn't say you could if you're bad. He says you will. (laughs) So when you encounter trouble... One first thing you could do is, like, okay, it's not say like the trouble itself is good, but it's good that I know that, like, it's good to know ahead of time that when you encounter trouble, it doesn't mean all of these things we try to apply to it. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean God's forsaken you. It doesn't mean all of these things. He's saying you will have this, and I want you to be able to have peace in that moment. And part of that is just knowing that it's coming. And then Jesus continues into chapter 17, and I'm going to read. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might, have etern- that he might give eternal life to all those who have given... To all- Sorry. That he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life. This is the kid's memory verse for today. So pay- <laughs> now this is eternal life. That they know you... Remember, no, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's eternal life, that you know God and, and Jesus is God. That you know Jesus is eternal life. That's the, that's the whole thing right there. So if, you, if you're not paying attention anymore or if you check out, just remember this. This is eternal life here, and it's the knowing of God. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. This is Jesus saying he's finished the work that God's given him to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, if I'd been keeping a tally on knowing and glory, we'd already be up to several on all of those things. Jesus is finally saying now, if you've noticed, like, you know, this whole thing starts to think his mom's like, hey, fix this wedding situation. They're out of wine. And he's like, hey, look, my time's not, like, this doesn't have anything to do with me. You know, like, my time's not come. The whole time he's been going through John, he's like, hey, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And now he's finally saying, it's time. 
And when he's talking about his time, he's referring to the cross, which was what we just celebrated going through Easter, but we're going to be going through in the next couple weeks. He's saying his glorifying is coming through this. And it's hard for us to really grasp the significance of that culturally because we've grown up where a cross is on a church and it's like, oh, that's a great symbol. But when you really realize that this is something they killed people on and it was supposed to be torturous and horrible, and that's what he's like, yeah, this is how my glory is coming. It's like, that would sound so not right and foreign, you know, and, and, and really, maybe in this moment, the disciples don't fully grasp this, what's going to happen, but they do by the time this was written down. Like, they know what they're writing, you see. And Jesus is talking about his glory coming through this cross, which is so counterintuitive to our, to our minds, through the, what looks like a defeat, now the glory of God is coming, the glory of Jesus. He's being glorified through this. And he keeps reiterating this whole thing about knowing, him. like, God, they can know you. Like, I've known you, knowing them, knowing, you know. And it's not him saying, because they've seen all these things that I've done, now they can see how I've given them example of what good and evil is, and then they can just be like me and that sort. He's like, no, like, actually, no. Like, there would be a big difference if I said to you, hey, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> the idea of knowing somebody or knowing about somebody. You get what I mean? I mean, this is, so you might know a lot about Abraham Lincoln, but you haven't met the guy. You know what I mean? If he walked in, he wouldn't go, oh, look, it's Byron. It's been a minute, you know. Because he's been dead a while, you know, but way before Byron was born, you know. And so, but Byron might, like, I've got, like, five feet of books on my bookshelf about Abraham Lincoln. That's my favorite historical figure. And I go, well, that's cool and all, but, like, you still don't know him, and he doesn't know you. And what Jesus is talking about isn't just knowing about him and knowing the kinds of things he's doing. He's talking about actually knowing him. Now, the first chunk of this segment where he's praying, he's praying for his disciples that are sitting there, you know, but it does extend to us because you'll see halfway through that he's like, I'm going to pray for everybody. You know what I mean? So as his disciples, through the indwelling of the Spirit, as he's been leading up to in these last couple chapters, he wants us to actually know him. Not just know about him. So the question that we need to ask is, do you know him? And if you go, I don't even understand what you're saying, you and I should talk. Here's a quote Tim Keller I saw. He, he said, to focus on Jesus just as an example to reduce him from sovereign Savior, meaning God, like God, sovereign Savior, to ethical coach and transform the gospel into law, that Jesus can't help you. A lot of, a lot of people like the idea of Jesus. Like, that's a, he's a good guy. Good guy. He's like, yeah, but that good guy is God, and that God is sovereign, and that's, you know, that means you're not. And we're like, whoa, 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 calm down. Like, I like the guy, and I want to be like him. He's like, well, he's king. He's the one you bow to. He's like, I don't, like, he's a cool guy. I want to be like him, you know? Like, like no, so you can get pretty close to this stuff, and you're miles from what Christianity is, okay? So I'm trying to give out those examples. Let's just keep going. Verse 6, I revealed, he's talking about God. I revealed you to those whom you gave me out of this world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. I prayed for them. I am not praying for the world, 
but for those you have given me, for they are yours. And so Jesus is praying for his followers immediately there, as a, and, and he's making scriptural connections, and he's praying for them as a remnant of Israel, because he's saying, like, this stuff was all prophesied. Like, you can go back and read these big, thick prophetic books, and they're talking about the coming Messiah, and this remnant of people, and it's representative of a few more, they got it. Like, these people have got it. And so he's saying, I'm praying for this because the the continuity of the Scripture is moving forward. You know, it's not leaving this all behind. He's saying they got it, you know. Verse 10, all I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that Scripture would be fulfilled. See, he's making references to Scripture throughout this whole thing as he's talking about this group of people and where they are and what they're about to do. He's focused on fulfilling Scripture. He's not just doing whatever he wants. And he's praying... We're having glory and knowing, and he's praying about protection and unity. And it keeps going. I am coming to you, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Now, listen to this, all right? My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. Now, this is a challenge to us, I think, because Jesus himself isn't praying that God would just take us out of the world. He's just praying that we would be protected from the evil one. Not that we'd be taken out. A lot of us just want to get taken out. You know, like times get rough, take me out. You know, I don't want to get taken out. You know, a lot of people like I've had so many conversations with like (laughs) during COVID and that like whatever mind games were happening to everybody during that. Which were different for different people, but a lot of guys my age, which are like, you're not quite you're kind of middle aged at this point, but, you know. There, there was this common conversation where, like, I think every single one of us that I've talked to spent time, I, I could ask for a show of hands, and <laughs> probably most of us, spent time looking at property somewhere that was, like, somewhere else, you know, like, far away from all these people that are so, you know, or whatever, you know, and it would be, like, your own, everybody had their own version of it. Like, and they, they would come up in conversations like, you know, maybe one day I'll buy it. And I was even talking yesterday with James about this, you know. I, so I'm not saying I'm not like that. I was like, you know, it'd be really great to have a place that's like, you know, <laughs> somewhere. But part of that is good. Like, we do need to rest and all these kinds of things. And you can even make investments in property, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is inside there's this feeling of like, I got to get away from everyone. Like, all these people that drive me so crazy or something like that. You know what I mean? And uh, that part is the part that I think this is challenging because he's like, no, like that's not that's not what he wants from us. You know, 
Again, you do need to rest. I'm not saying you're bad if you want to rest. But the idea that, like, I need to get away from all these people all the time that drive me crazy, this is what Jesus, Jesus is challenging. He's not promoting escapism. He's promoting, um, well, just it says, here's the next verse. Be like, we're not of this world, all right? So they are not of the world, even as I'm not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, Jesus from heaven sent into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. So not only not escapism, but intentionally, remember when Ryan was preaching a couple weeks ago about picking an unfair life? Like intentionally engaging, okay? So it's like, not only do I not leave all the time, or just, God, just take me out of the world. He's like, I actually want you to turn around and go back into that worst situation. Like, actually, don't just go to where you're thinking. Go even further in, further than you think that you could even handle. That's the kind of thing he's saying. I'm sending you. And it's not because you're just like them. It's because you're not. Because we have the light. And then in verse 20, Jesus moves on. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe me, believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So now Jesus is moving from just this group of people, which would represent Israel, and it would also represent all the coming. Although he's literally saying, I just want to make sure, I'm praying for everyone now, all of us. All those that would believe in me through their message. That's us, guys, you know, all these years later. And he's praying again for this unity, that we would be one, like a family, like a body. You see these things used as illustrations later. And he's saying, so it's like the knowing of God, the knowing of each other, and the knowing of God's glory so that they also, or it's like, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So part of this unity, part of this knowing, part of this glory of God is to prove to the unknowing in the world that Jesus is who he said he was. Because, like, we don't get to vote on that. You know, you can decide for yourself whether or not you believe Jesus is who he said he is. You have the freedom to do that and the right to do that. That changes nothing about who Jesus is, okay? Like, we don't get to vote. Like, you know, God, we've talked, and half of us, or, you know, two-thirds of us have voted that Jesus wasn't God, so we're going to, like, get rid of that part. We don't get to talk to God that way. Jesus either is God or he isn't God, and we have to deal with that. You know, the good news is he is God and he's good. But what I'm trying to say is we think that, well, I don't believe that, so therefore it doesn't apply or work. That's not how the world works. Because you can be like, I don't believe in gravity anymore. You know, it just doesn't work that way. You have to deal with what's around you, and it's the truth. Verse 22, I've given them glory. He's given us glory. We read over stuff like that, like, yeah, cool, glory, whatever. Like, that's not a word we really use anymore. He's given us glory. This is the kind of words that, like, when they had the temple, 
and the tabernacle and God's presence showed up and they did like, I don't quite know what to say that is like, like lightning fire, the power of God, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, the, uh, like they would, <laughs> they would, they would, they saw the God's presence as like a fire and they had words for it that they're like, I, I don't know how really to describe that. God's like, I'm going to give some of that to them. And, you know, and we'll see in the story, or you saw but in Pentecost in a couple weeks, we're like, the fire, like it was actually fire. They're like, oh, yeah, fire. Oh, yeah, I get it, you know. But the fire, he's saying, I am giving them glory. I'm given, I have given them the glory that you gave me. But, ha, huh, wait, how did Jesus' glory come? See how these things don't get separated? It's not like, well, can you just skim off the, you know, I just want the, I just want the icing part, you know? <laughs> and he's like, no, they, they go together. You do get the glory. That fire, the Shekinah glory, whatever it is. But it comes also with this. They go together. Because it's the glory that God gave him, okay? I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Again, unity. So how many times, like Jesus talks to a dead guy once Lazarus come forth we we went through that okay one time he says to a dead guy come forth dude shows up now he's prayed for unity like five times <laughs> just think about that the world then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me Jesus, so Jesus is emphasizing unity, and he's also he's he's establishing this thing that's been the case ever since that like Christians are going to be a minority that need each other to survive. We need each other. We're not meant to function all our own. Like well, I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get taken out of here. Like I want I'm gonna go to my house that's somewhere else away from all the annoying people, and it's just me and God. And isn't that great? That's not even really possible. That's not, how, that's, not a, that's not Christianity. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Now, this is, this is one of those things you need to take and ponder. So Jesus, because you can read ahead, and you probably just know, I mean, if you've been around the church, how many of the disciples hang out through the whole thing? Not too many. Like we're going to look at Peter pretty quick where he's like, you know, I'm the guy, you know, and he's denying Jesus. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. But the point is that Jesus wants them to be with him because he loves them and he likes to be with them like you like to be with people you love. And he also wants them to be with him as he goes through this glorification, which includes the cross and the resurrection. And most of them aren't going to be there. And through that, there's an understanding of what God's doing. That it's like, you know, the way the world seems to work, even all the way to the things I was saying earlier about laws in our country, and it's like, there's a way the world seems to work. And smart people take note of it. You know, this, this, that, and these people have power, and these things do that. And then Jesus comes along, and through this glorification thing, breaks all of that. He's like, that's not actually how it works anymore. I mean, it still does, but that's not ultimate anymore. He's like, I am. And what I say is ultimate, and, I, and I, these, these things don't have the power that they used to think they had. 
He wants us to see His glory. The glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. It's not a new idea. It's not novel. He's not like, you know what? Would be, you know, this is something that's been in the heart of God from the beginning. N- knowing Jesus and knowing His glory in all the forms that takes. Ponder that. Think about that. Knowing Jesus and knowing ourselves. See, we like to have a fake self that we can take certain photos of in a certain way <laughs> and post them online. And then we look, you know, you know, it's like the weather channel at a hurricane, you know. And then you find out, like, there's a guy throwing debris. And it's like, this is all theater, you know what I mean? And it's like, we're all pretending. You know, I want people to see me a certain way. And it's just now on steroids. It's always been like this. You know, the way the world works stuff, you know. It's always been like this. It's just now it's on steroids because we all have these phones and stuff. And so we start to believe that's who I actually am. And it's like, dear, that's not who you are. God created you. The creator made you. Like he's made everyone. Like we were talking about. The creator made you, and he's the creator, and he knows what he made you for, and he knows who you really are. So we have to wrestle with the fact that there are things I think about myself, and there's things you think about yourself that aren't true. Some of these things are some of the most destructive things we believe about ourselves. And I'll say this because it's it's true on a day like this, that some of us, our parents said some pretty horrible things to us. There's some of us that even probably specifically, your mom spoke some things over you that were horribly untrue. And God, the creator, is the only one that can break those things. Okay? But you have to know who you really are. And the only way you find out who you really are is by knowing the creator. And that's actually what that book we were reading this month is about. And there's a quote at the beginning of it, which I'll read to you because I think it's helpful. And it's from Thomas Burton. It says this, there is only one problem on which all my existence, my peace and my happiness depend to discover myself and discover and discovering God. If I find him, I will find myself. And if I find my true self, I'll find him. So he's saying it's like knowing who you are and knowing who God is, they're not the same thing, but you don't get one without the other. Like as you come to know Jesus, you start to realize who you really are. That's really a good thing. I'm getting a nod from, from a therapist, so that's good. <laughs> this is important. And, uh, um, and so it's, it just happens. You don't have, it, 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 but it's scary for some of us. And it's increasingly needed in our society as we become increasingly fractured. And Kevin, I put a song on Spotify back there, but I didn't cue it up or tell him. So it's the Knowing You song. I want to play that at the end. Um, so I'm going to read this last bit of Jesus praying. And, this, and you'll see, starting next week, I mean, we're right back into narrative stuff again, where it's like, then Jesus goes this, and then Jesus goes into this. And you, you know. But you need to always remember that these books are here. These chapters are here. Um, because this is Jesus just kind of laying out some stuff. You know, like you'd say we're having a family member pass away. We all want to gather around, and what are, they, what are their last words? You know, these are kind of like Jesus' last words, and you can always go back because he really gives us a lot to reflect on. 
But look in this last little chunk of two verses, how many times the word no comes up. The K-N-O-W, no, not the N-O. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them. That's his work. I've made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is Jesus talking about his glory being in us, him being in us. This is deep stuff. I want to close today with a song, um, which we're going to play off Spotify, (laughs) as I just said. And it's an old song, but this is a new recording of an old song. And I want you to listen to the words. I did not put them up because I want you to listen to them. Um, It's a song called Knowing You. It's about knowing God because this whole thing, um, I'll go back. If you remember, our kids kids are studying the same scripture across the hall. And every week they have a uh, memory verse. And the verse for this this week is verse 3 of chapter 17. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is the most important thing. This is what we have to offer as Christian people to the situations of the world. And you'll find it's quite effective if we believe it and if we know it. So the question is, do you know him? So play this song. and I, I don't, let, me, let me pray. Father, I just pray that you would open our eyes and open our hearts to know you and know you more. And through these words, as we listen, that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. And if you want to, while this song is playing, to come forward, we treat these stairs as an altar or these steps that you can kneel and pray with God. I'll pray with you. We have some other people that might be available to pray for you. Um, But use this as a time to uh, let God speak to you. So play the song, if you don't mind. This world reveals and was to own all I once thought gain. I have counted lots, spent and worthless now compared to Yours to pause as.
by faith what I could not earn, all surpassing gift of righteousness. Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there puts into words and melody what this whole truth is, is that knowing Jesus is the greatest thing. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> there is no greater thing. And when we read through scriptures like this, I mean, it's Jesus himself speaking pretty densely about all kinds. Of, you're like, I don't quite understand everything Brian was talking about. Glory and this and being in people and what, you know, here's the deal, guys. You don't have to understand any of that. Like, really, I wouldn't even worry about it. You could ponder it because there's depth in it. But a newborn child knows who their mother is. That's the most important thing. And if you say, like, that kid who can't even talk, it was like, well, where did she go to college? You know, like, you don't really know her that well. It's like, what are you talking about? It's not even appropriate. You see what I mean? There's different kinds of knowing. We need to get to the knowing of Jesus, not just the knowing about. 
and don't worry about all the words, the glory and the knowing and focus on or the being in or whatever. Or I don't know. You, know, you can know him right now exactly where you are. Okay? Doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how many of these words I said even made sense to you. He's God. He can handle that. I'm gonna pray and um I'm gonna go ahead and bless us all to go bless the food that we have for those that are staying. And I'm gonna ask Andy if you guys will play the prayer music at the end. And we'll leave this space up front for people to do business with God. Um and if you wanna talk and stuff, let's just go ahead and head out. There's food anyway. Um, and kids, let's not run around. Let's let people have space because some people might, might need to think and pray about some things. So, Father, I pray that you would bless our hearts to know you. And I pray that you would remove the barriers that we put up, the ancient doors and the ancient gates that we keep locked. I speak to those gates and I say, open up that the king of glory may come in. Let us be people who know you, Lord, even if we don't know very much else. Let us be people who are one with you and one with each other. Bless this place, Lord. Bless us. Bless this congregation. Bless all that have gathered online. Bless all of us that are hearing this maybe even months later online. I pray that your blessing would be on us. That we would know you. And be sent to those that don't know you just as you were sent to reveal who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And bless the food.